Thank you for joining the Home Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at myhomechurch.org. So, um, I'm just going to say a few things that the Lord shared with me. First, I want to just say thank you to Andrew for letting me talk to you guys. You guys are family to me. And if you don't know me, you're already family. So if you're here um, in worship, when our sister was uh, doing her flags as the, the red flag, I just heard the Lord say, his blood is our banner. And I love our country. I love our flag. But there's nothing higher in the banner of his blood over us. It's the highest. It's the pinnacle of all things. It's the most powerful substance in the universe. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood that covers us, protects us. Is anyone hungry for a touch from the Lord today? I'm so hungry, man. I can't get enough. I need him every second. We used to sing a song, um, I need thee, every hour I need thee. I, I want to say every millisecond, <laughs> I need thee. And not just a, a thought of you, but a touch of you. So first, I just want to read a few things that the Lord showed to, to speak to you. And the first is... Um, this isn't any condemnation for anyone here, but um, the Lord showed me that there's just a few that are kind of riding the coattails uh, of this ministry. And I, I implore you, in the hour that we're in, we can't live off of someone else's oil. Um, we need to go into the secret place and buy oil, the oil of intimacy, the Lord. And there's a beautiful experience to be had here corporately because there's many hearts in here that are burning. And we can get the overflow of that. And it's beautiful. I experience it here. But it cannot match the oil that you receive in the secret place. Because when you stand before him, you won't be able to say, I was there in this place. He will know whether you had been there with him in his secret place. And that's what we need to desire, to come away, come away. Uh, the next thing I, I was reading, I started reading through the, the scriptures again from the beginning. And uh, in Exodus, it's talking about the tent of meeting. Um, and I was just reminded of the, the tent here. And uh, it said that the people literally would gather things that they possessed and gave it to the work of building the tent. Um, everyone gave according to, it says that as they were moved in their heart, they gave to the work of the Lord. And I just felt for this, um, this is a, a habitation of the Lord. The crazy thing is that you guys don't take this down and put it back up. Um, this is an established habitation for the Lord to dwell in the midst of his people. I was telling Andrew, 
I grew up in uh, Shirley Assembly. And when we were uh, young, we'd come through the foyer, and then there was two double doors. And we knew that when we crossed the threshold of those double doors into the foyer, God was going to be in that room. We knew we would meet with God when we went through those doors. And I tell you, when you come through that door, I want there to be an expectation that Jesus is waiting and standing in the midst of you when you come through. Let your heart burn with expectation. When you wake up on Sunday morning, (laughs) we're going to meet with God, with the family of God. And you could have that expectation every morning to be with this in the secret place, but I just feel something special uh, in this tent. You guys have already been experiencing that overflow. Really quick, I don't want to take a lot of time doing this, but if you're involved in the uh, prayer rooms at all, if you're a, a musician or a prayer leader, could you just stand up really quick in any capacity? I just want to pray a blessing over you. The Lord just showed me. He wants to touch you. Fresh fire. The new assignment comes with a need for a new encounter. So just uh, put your hand on your heart. Put one hand out. And just receive Lord Jesus. Baptize them afresh. Fresh fire in Jesus' name. Lord, they need a fresh touch. So I just pray from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, Lord Jesus. Baptize them with the Holy Ghost and fire. That the nations would stream to the brightness of their burning. That as the stream goes out, Lord, and as the incense arises to you, Lord, this entire city will be changed. As the incense permeates the street and the presence and the glory of God. People will start giving their, their lives to you without even knowing why in their cars as they drive by the office. Lord, fill these streets with your presence, God, with your glory. Touch them, Lord God. Let them be a conduit for your presence, Lord, as they open their mouth, as they play their their instruments, God, as they prophesy, as they speak out your word, Lord. Baptize them in the Holy Ghost and fire. In the name of Jesus, amen. And um, I actually started to pray it there, but the Lord showed me that as you guys just continue to go up, man, just go straight up. Everything else, the people that are supposed to be here will be here. The people that aren't supposed to be here won't be here. Go up. Touch his heart. That's all I want to do, right? We just sang. Touch his heart. And people will stream to the brightness of your burning. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Darkness covers the earth, thick darkness. But they will stream to the brightness, the nations will stream to the brightness of your burning. Burn, people of God. No, we can't be casual about this thing anymore. Realistically, we have to be willing to give our lives for this in a real tangible sense. It's what it's he cost him everything. It must cost us everything. Just burn. 
And you will not stand in this hour apart from a continuous encounter with the Holy Spirit. Every moment, with every breath, breathing in the substance of God. This is what sets us apart from other people. It's his presence in us, around us, and moving through us. I wrote a few poems in this uh, message. I'll just read them as they come up. But Catch me up into higher heights where the air is clear. Catch me up, captured and raptured, a place without fear. Lifted up above the noise of life that tries to reel me in. Lifted up above the noise, the place, the veil is thin. Revelation 4, John is in an encounter, and he's called to come up. We need to come up, because a lot of what we're seeing here isn't even on God's mind. I mean, he knows about it, but it's not what he's doing. We need to come up and see what heaven's saying. What's going on in heaven? Because we're praying that his kingdom come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. But how would we know that it's even being done if we don't even know what that place is like? We don't know what's being done there, what his will is to be done here. We need to come up. We need to go up. And we can go up by faith. In Ephesians, it says we're seated with him in heavenly places. Most of us just haven't opened up our eyes to see where we're sitting. Come up. What we really need to do is just come back to biblical Christianity. Do you guys love this book? This book is bread for you. Jesus is wanting to reveal himself to you through these pages. We need to devour this book. It's our life source. Some people say, like, I don't hear the Lord. He's not speaking to me. He hasn't been speaking to me. Read your Bible. He's still speaking to you through these living words. There's some crazy stuff that goes on in this book. (laughs) And I want every single one of them to be a reality in my heart and in my life. I think I said this one of the first times I spoke with you guys. Ezekiel was pulled up to heaven by a lock of his hair to see visions of God. There's a lot of things in the realm of possibilities when stuff like that is in the book. Someone, people always say, well, is that biblical, brother? Like, bro, do you, have you read the book? It's wild. Crazy things are happening all the time. It just blows my mind. We need to read this book because there's a lot of stuff out there that's being said. This is the standard. But you can't even understand what this book is trying to say unless the Spirit guides you through the pages of this book. So there's a lot of people that know this book, but they don't know the Lord. If Jesus, on the road to Emmaus, needed to expound about himself in the scriptures to disciples that walked physically with him. 
then we need him to walk through the garden of the scriptures with us for us to understand what this book is talking about. There's a lot of people that have this book in their mind, but they don't encounter Jesus when they read it. So it profits them nothing. They use it to hurt people. They use it to manipulate. This book is a doorway to the person of Jesus. A step, it's literally a gateway to his heart. And I think we just need to fall in love with the scriptures again. Christianity was never supposed to be an intellectual ideology. It was always supposed to be an experience of a person, which is inclusive of our minds, but not limited to them. The infinite God transcends our minds. How can our finite little two-pound brain wrap around everything that God is? It won't. That's why he had to give us his spirit because who knows the thoughts of God but the spirit of God? That's what the scripture says. And he gave us his spirit. Have this mind in you that was also in Christ. You have the mind of Christ. We just need to tap into it. And I heard the Lord say, crush the spirit of anxiety and the spirit of fear. He wants to crush it. People in fear have convictions and they preach a gospel, but it's not the gospel. We cannot revere the works of the enemy. Don't be ignorant of his devices, as the Bible says, but train yourself to not be wowed by calamity. You have the very same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. We have nothing to fear. His blood is our banner. His blood on me is the greatest repellent to all things that could try to come against me. He has not given us a spirit of fear. So if you're in fear, it's not the spirit of God. And there's only two sources of spirits, the enemy and the Lord. Fear has to go in Jesus' name right now. Put your hand on your head. Fear and anxiety leaves now in Jesus' name. Never to come again. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, touch your people right now. Be filled with the spirit of love, for perfect love casts out all fear. In the name of Jesus right now. Lord, give them boldness and power in the name of Jesus. Let the people of the city be wowed by their boldness, by their lack of fear, by their lack of anxiety. In the name of Jesus, amen. I was reading yesterday, uh, or actually on Christmas morning, I was reading like the famous, you know, uh, passage out of Isaiah, where unto us a child is born, uh, unto us a son is given, um, Right before that, I've, I've actually had it highlighted in my Bible, but I just didn't remember it. In Isaiah 8, it says, For the Lord spoke thus to me with his strong hand upon me, and he warned me not to walk in the way of this people, saying, Do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy. 
do not call uh, do not fear what they fear nor be in dread but the lord of hosts him you shall honor as holy let him be your fear let him be your dread and he will become a sanctuary do not fear what the people of this world fear we live in a totally different realm when you receive the spirit of god you become a different race of human you become a whole nother species and we don't walk according to the pattern of this world i get the the thing, everything that's going on right now but you do not need to be afraid if you feel to, to wear a mask, it's all good. But I'm just letting you know that the blood of Jesus is more powerful and more effective than a mask. Believe. All we have to do is believe. It's the reality of the gospel. Trust him. Believe in him. John G. Lake was uh, alive. He was a famous evangelist during the bubonic plague he was burying the dead and scientists came to him and said how are you even staying alive how have you not caught the plague and he's like i live according to the law of life the very spirit of god that lives in me is a repellent to all disease and infirmity that disease has no place in me so it cannot touch me they he said Take a swab from one of the people that has the plague and put it in my hand and put it under the microscope. As soon as the plague touches my hand, the plague will die. He did it, and that's what happened. The, the scientist said, we were going to offer you some of our repellent uh, for the disease, but he, they said, we, we see that you don't need it. <laughs> This is the reality of heaven, guys. This is the gospel. We lay hands on the sick and they recover. It's not a good idea. It's the truth. I have found that the church at large has forgotten who their God is. Many have left the God of the Bible to worship other gods, all while trying to keep the facade that they love Jesus. Many do not know their God for the mere fact that barely anyone reads their Bible or spends time in the presence of God. People have constructed a God after their own likeness and have called it Jehovah, but it is most certainly not. The things I'm hearing come up in discussions that are being had. Most of them wouldn't even be, be in question if we sat down and read this book by the Spirit. People are having conversations. I'm like, bro, there's no, there's no argument there. It, it says it right here. You're a Christian. I get the world's going to have their arguments and they're going to use different standards. There is absolute truth. It's not up for debate. It is written. It's finished. It's done. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Psalm 
He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. And in all that he does, he prospers. Day and night, night and day. In this beautiful law of love. If you don't read your Bible regularly, you have nothing to say. That's not condemnation. That's the reality of it. You have nothing worth giving to me if you do not commune in this book with the Spirit. This is the record of the testimony of God's faithfulness. You have nothing to say and you have nothing to stand on if you do not live in this book in fellowship with Holy Spirit. And this book is not seeker-friendly, as you'll quickly find out. This thing is a dividing line. It's all in or all out. He draws a line in the sand, and he says, gather to me or scatter from me. Pick one. I love my book. I'd I'd rather you steal my wallet than steal my Bible. I've communed with God in this book, the living God, the one who spoke the cosmos. I've communed with him in this book. This thing is precious to me. We need to have that kind of relationship with the scriptures again because I found that the people of old, the people that had tent revivals in the 50s, what set them apart? They were men of the word. They were women of the word. They couldn't get enough of it. And this was what they lived by. That was it. If it says it here, it's true. I'm sorry, but that's it. It's our standard. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I do not trust anyone for the decisions of my life if they do not fear the Lord. If I know that they don't have a vibrant relationship with Jesus, your words of counsel and warning mean very little to me. I love you and I bless you. But if you do not live in the fear of the Lord, you have no wisdom to impart to me. First of all, that knocks most of all the voices we're hearing in 2020. Every news outlet, every voice of reason, if it is not sourced in the fear of the Lord, it is not wisdom. Therefore, I do not make my life according to the pattern of that standard. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Most of the people we watch on the screen are not holy people. And when they give us counsel... We're, we're walking in the counsel of the wicked, and we won't prosper in our way. This is what the Bible says, guys. We need to get back to this. Truth is being put up as opinion. But truth is not a thought or a concept. It's a person. His name is Jesus. He said, I am the truth. 
Jesus said, the scriptures speak of me. So we could find truth in there that speaks of him. There's a lot of philosophy and psychology and science posing as truth these days. But my Bible says the truth sets free. Most people in our day that claim to profess truth are bound. And they bind others with the things that they say. Therefore, it cannot be truth. Because the truth sets free. Why are so many believers living in fear today? We have forgotten the track record of our God. Have we forgotten that he has never failed his people? Have we forgotten that he still has all authority in heaven and on earth? He is the one who spoke the cosmos into being. He's the one who measures the waters in the span of his hand. And he stretched out the heavens with his arms. Read your Bible. You will not live in fear when you know whose you are. But it's not enough to know the book. You have to know the man. Because the book is not about the book. The book is about the man. And so I'm going to try to get through this because that was just the intro. <laughs> really quick, today I want to speak to you about the all-sufficiency and the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Life in the Spirit, complete dependence, and total surrender. Turn with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus is speaking here. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. My father-in-law gave me his sign into the Logos Bible app, and I looked up what nothing means in Greek. It means nothing. <laughs> Absolutely freaking nothing, man. You can do nothing. Dependence can be defined as the state of relying on or being controlled by someone or something else. Surrender can be defined as to yield to the power, control, or possession of another. To give up oneself to the power of another, especially as a prisoner. To give oneself up to the power of another, to yield the action of yielding one's person or giving up the possession of something, especially into the power of another. Utter dependence is a sweet-smelling fragrance, a release of the reins, a sweet-sounding refrain. 
dependence and surrender is worship. If Jesus said, I can do nothing apart from my Father. I do nothing that I don't see the Father doing. I don't say anything that I don't hear the Father saying. That's our life. That was our example. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In the ESV, it says, this is your reasonable worship, that you would give everything in complete dependence and total surrender. Let's talk about why we must be in complete dependence and, and surrender to God. If he doesn't do it, it doesn't get done. And if you trust that he's done it, you'll see that it's done. I'll read that again. If he doesn't do it, it doesn't get done. If you trust that he's done it, you'll see that it's done. Christ is the vicarious man. What does that mean? It means, that's what we just celebrated, the incarnation, the God who spoke the cosmos, became the seed in the womb of a woman. Just meditate there. He grew, was born, lived a life, died, was resurrected, resurrected, ascended, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He did all of that for you, and he takes it a step further. He did it as you. He lived your life for you. He died your death for you. You were raised with him, and you ascended with him. And now Ephesians says you are seated with him in heavenly places. Because when we give our life to him, we are in Christ. We can't afford him to just be a centerpiece. He must be all the pieces. The very animation of our body. He who descended also ascended that he might fill all in all. There's many people these days that profess to be self-made. Anyone that does has adopted the language of Lucifer. He said, I will make myself like the Most High. None of us are self-made. Everything you have is a gift from God. The picture I had in my head was that our self-made efforts, our religious striving, our willpower, it weighs us down. It keeps us stuck to the ground. The faster we surrender, the faster we let go and let Christ be our all, the faster we will ascend into the heights of experiencing the bliss of the gospel, the bliss of this new covenant, the glory found only in Jesus' face. Colossians 3 tells us to set our mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And I was reminded of the old song, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. 
Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. All you need to do is look. Just look at him. And everything else fades away. As, Eric, as our friend Eric Gilmore says, the lower you are, the more there is. And the higher you go, you're only his. Complete dependence, total surrender. He is the great initiator. Jesus never says, I love you too. If I love you, to Jesus comes from your mouth. It's because you heard him say it first. You can't love him without him, First John. You can't want him without him. You can't even give your life to him unless he draws you. You can't say Jesus is Lord, but by the Spirit. That's First Corinthians. You can't confess Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, unless the Father reveals it to you. We can't even boast in our decision for him. He's the beginning. He's the way. He's the end. He's the creator, your sustainer, your eternal life hereafter. You can't live without him. Literally, you don't exist apart from him. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Why? Because he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Hebrews 1. He is the foundation. He is the starting point for everything. You can't save you. Only he is savior. People say, once I clean myself up, I will come to Jesus. But that's the point. You can't clean you. Christians say, one day I'll do better, and I won't sin so much. I'm really working on loving people better. Stop. You can't love people better. <laughs> Let the one who is love love through you. Let him be loved to you, and then love be loved through you. The fruit of the Spirit is his fruit. I'm trying to be patient more. Stop. Stop trying. Let the Spirit be patient through you. The Bible says we yield forth fruit. What does that mean? It means that fruit is produced by yielding, not by pressing or trying, but surrendering to Jesus. It's just abiding in the vine. How hard do you think an apple tree tries to produce apples? If you're ever wondering how to yield, just look at a tree. It yields to the sun, it yields to the rain, it soaks up the water from the ground, and then it naturally yields forth fruit. We are called to be just like trees. That was Psalm 1, what I just read to you. He is like a tree planted by rivers of living water. So we too yield to the sun. We yield to the rain of the Spirit. And when the rain goes deep, we drink of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12. Then we yield the fruit of God. It's all Him from start to finish. 
John 6 says, he is true bread for you, true drink for you. Andrew Murray said, a dead Christ I must do everything for, but a living Christ does everything for me. Galatians 2.20, Paul said, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the, faith, and the life I now live, I live by the faith, some translations say of the Son of God, or your translation might say faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Galatians 3 says, have you started in the Spirit and you think that you're going to finish in the flesh? This whole thing is by the Spirit, by, with communion, in communion with the Spirit. Romans 11, verse 33. I'm trying to wrap it up here. I'm just hungry for God to touch us, man. I'm just don't want to check off the box. I want to encounter God, man. This world needs us to encounter God. I want to give Jesus the reward of his suffering. There's an ache in my heart to give Jesus the reward of his suffering. I don't want to live a casual life. I want to burn, man. I want to stand before him and him be like, man, you really gave everything you possibly could to the best of your ability. Romans eleven thirty three says, Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Or who has given him a gift that he might be repaid? Verse 36 says, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. What does that mean? That means that if it didn't come from him and it doesn't go through him and it doesn't go back to him, in God's eyes, it's nothing. That's why in John 15 that we read at first, it says that apart from me, you can do nothing. Why can you do nothing? Because you could literally, like, I could walk and say, like, oh, this is for, like, I'm, I'm doing this in my own power. But if it didn't come from him and it doesn't go through him and doesn't go back to him, it's counted as nothing in God's eyes. Give me an example, Johnny. God looks at Abraham and says, Sacrifice your son, your only son, on the mountain. He had another son, Ishmael, but it didn't come from God. He did it in his own strength. So to God, it was nothing. Do you hear the weight of that? It means nothing if it's not from him, to him, and through him. So what's our job? Look at him. <laughs> Behold him, believe him, trust him, yield to him. The curse of the law was trying to live God's standard without God's life living in you. But Christ in you is the hope of glory. Did you know that in 2020, it is still not by might, 
It's still not by power. It's by the Spirit, says the Lord. There are only two choices in life. Self-sufficiency or an abandonment to Christ. Oh, sorry. Let me say that again. There are only two choices in life. Self-sufficiency or abandonment to Christ in total dependency. The former ends in death. The latter, eternal life. Many run to and fro in search of fulfillment. All day, scouring for nourishment. At night, awake with anxiety. The faithful Lord, all the while, standing by. Here, child. Here I am. Let me live my life through you. Did you know that his yoke is easy? And his burden is light? Could I have the, the worship team... Come and join me. Did you know Jesus is coming back? Sometimes I, I walk outside and I look to the sky. And I say, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. I can't wait for that day. Not because things are bad. To be honest, 2020 was one of the best years of my life. That might be hard to hear. We live in another realm, guys. Eric Gilmore is asked, what, are, what have you been doing since COVID? And what are you going to do after COVID? He said, before COVID was Jesus. In COVID was Jesus. And after COVID is Jesus. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. 2020 has been one of the best years of my life. My beautiful bride, we're expecting our first child. <laughs> it's literally a miracle. My wife was told that she would not be able to have babies. And we prayed. And in 1 Timothy it says, take the, the words, the prophecies spoken over you and make the good warfare. We would, we would war back to God. Say, Lord, this is what you said. This is what you said. This is what you said. And he came and he did it. Guys, this is, it's still happening. It's not like, this wasn't like, like a headache that went away. As, as much as we glorify God when a headache goes away when we pray for it. Someone that couldn't have a baby is having a baby. Come on. Jesus is alive. Oh. Man. He's coming back for a bride. One that loves him. One that has forsaken all other lovers. And the kingdom marriage ceremony is a funeral. So today I bid you come and die at the feet of Jesus. There's only one teaching of Jesus that's in all four gospels. And not only is it in all four gospels, it's in all four gospels six times. 
that teaching is he who finds his life will lose it he who loses his life for my sake will find it he who loves his life will lose it he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life that doesn't mean hate living on earth it means in the system the system of this world the way the world does things if you don't hate that I'm pretty sure every one of us has tasted and seen that the way the world does things is absolutely terrible. And we are living proof. There's scars in our hearts from living in the system. Christ is calling you higher. But entrance into the kingdom is a funeral. It's, to my understanding, my belief... The reason the tomb was left open was so that we could come and join him in his death. The Lord said to me on November 16th, if you don't come out of the wilderness leaning on your beloved, you wasted the wilderness. You see, Jesus doesn't make bad men better. He makes dead men live. The Christian life is God living his life through you. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, he said, will you go to his feet and place yourself entirely at his disposal? Oswald Chambers said, the only right a Christian has is to give up their rights. So today I bid you come and die that you may be raised to new life. Can I tell you about this Jesus? He's the most attractive, beautiful, wonderful person in the world. And he is worth every fiber of your being. Today, give him your all once and for all you see there's only one found worthy so right where you're sitting I just want you to close your eyes if you need a healing if you need to give your life to Jesus if you need to rededicate your life to Jesus do it now you may never have the opportunity to do it again that's just the reality of it Let me tell you about Jesus. He's my God. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my friend. He's my shepherd. He's my life. He's my resurrection. He's my hope. He's my creator. He's my light and my salvation. He's my sanctification, my justification, and my liberation. He's my mediator, my high priest, my baptizer. He's my bread and he's my drink. He's my rock. He's my shelter. He's my fortress. He's my peace. He's my joy. He's my counselor. He's my bridegroom. He's my redeemer, my sustainer, my holiness, my righteousness, my healer, my king, my everything. He is love. He is grace. He is mercy. He is salvation. 
He is God and he is holy. He is righteousness. He is power. He is wisdom. And he is truth. And he is justice. And he is perfection. And he is joy. And he is peace. He's indescribable. He's indefinable. He's inexplicable. He's glorious. He's incomprehensible. He's limitless. He's inexhaustible. He's magnificent. He's precious. He's inimaginable. He's fantastic. He's extraordinary. He's unchangeable. He is perfect. He's inconceivable. He's impeccable. He's unfathomable. He's infinite. He's sublime. He's matchless. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the lifter of my head. He's the creator of all things. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the God of Gods. He's the point of the Bible. He's the fairest among 10,000. He's the fair. of the new covenant he's the baptizer in the holy ghost and fire he's the faithful one he's the knowledge of god he's the mystery of god he's the way he's the truth he's the life he's the lover of my soul he's the lifter of my head he's the lamb of god he's the gospel he's the door he's the firstborn of the dead all-consuming fire he's the ancient of days he's the name above all names he's the maximum pleasure of life he's the chief cornerstone he's the overseer of our souls he's the captain of the hosts of the Lord he's the son of God the sacrificial lamb the glory of God the radiance of the Father the highest heights and the deepest depths. He's the song of the Lord. He's the forgiver of sin. He's the visible image of the invisible God. Can I tell you a little more about Jesus? mountains. He's the calmer of storms. He's the healer of all infirmities. He's the opener of blind eyes. He's the transformer of the mind. He's the conqueror of death. He's the tree of life. He's the breath in our lungs. He's the fountain of life ecstasy of heaven he's the giver of all good things he's the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire he is manna for you he's the key of happy life he's the fulfillment of the law and the prophets he's the author and the finisher of faith he's a mighty warrior 
He's the gentle shepherd. He's the destroyer of the enemy's works. He's our great intercessor. He's the darling of heaven. He's the true vine. And he's the new wine. He's the plunder of Sheol. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Lion of the tribe of Judah. You're the lion of the tribe of Judah. Oh. He's the only one worthy. And he's our soon coming king. Come give all to Jesus. Come give all to Jesus and let him be all to you. The only way he can be all to you is that if you give all to him. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Come conquer our hearts again, Lord Jesus. Come conquer our hearts again, Lord Jesus. Show. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. To the glory of the Father, Jesus. Come, come, Lord Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Show, Rabaka, Berama, Torana, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, you are here. Jesus is here. The lion of the tribe of Judah has overcome. He's overcome. Oroboko Ramama Etere Tiramakae Porobo Baramama Terraka. Oh, only one found worthy, yeah. only one, only one, yeah. only one, we give you glory, yeah. oh, we give you glory. and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created come Lord Jesus 
Come, Lord Jesus. today God let there not be one thing outside of your control in our life Jesus oh Jesus set us on fire God set us on fire God King Jesus, you are worthy. King Jesus, you are worthy. Worthy of my praise. You're worthy of my praise. Worthy of my praise. Touch your people, Lord. Come and touch your people, Lord. Oh, hungry with thirsty, Lord. Revive us again. Revive us again. Yeah. Oh, come awaken your bride. Come awaken your bride, Lord. Spotless bride. Let your glory fill this temple, Lord. Let your glory fill this temple, Lord. We want to meet with you, yeah. Shoroboka bayane dirobosha baramakaye birede sinana borokorama. People get ready. Jesus is coming. People get ready. Jesus is coming. When people get ready, Jesus is coming. When people get ready, oh, da 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 da, show. Show, Sharama, show Koroma, Eba, Sorobo Korama. Fill this temple with your spirit, O God. Touch your people again and again and again. Oh, worthy, worthy. 
You are not a man. You do not lie. You are healer. You are the healer, Lord. I pray that everybody that needs restoration in this house right now would be restored. If you need a healing, raise your hand. And if you're around them right now, put your hand on them. Raise your hand if you need healing in your body. Guys, I walked in and my shoulder, it's been hurting for months and right now it's completely healed. I'm not kidding, I couldn't do this. There's no pain in my body. There's no pain in my shoulder. Come on, there's no pain. There's no pain. There's no pain. Jesus, you are healer. You are who you say you are. So rain down your healing right now in Jesus' name. Rain down your healing in Jesus' name. Restore bones. Restore fractures in Jesus' name. Restore muscle tissue in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord God, restore back pain right now. Jesus' name. Crooked spines be straightened in Jesus' name. You are who you say you are, Lord. You are healer. So send your healing right now, O oh Lord. Send your healing right now, O oh Lord. We rebuke every spirit of infirmity in the mighty name of Jesus. We bind it right now and we loose your divine design over everyone's body in Jesus' mighty name. Pain be gone in Jesus' name. Pain be gone in Jesus' name. You are provider, Lord. So I pray right now for everyone in here, right now, for those who need a financial miracle, oh Lord God. Those who are struggling to pay their mortgage right now, oh Lord God, I pray for doors to be opened right now in Jesus' name, for ways to be made, Lord God, for provision to be miraculously provided in Jesus' name, oh Lord. We will stand firm. We will stand firm in who you say you are, Lord God. Our lives will be marked. Our lives will be marked. I don't care how foolish we look. We don't care how foolish we look, oh Lord God. We know you are who you say you are, oh Lord God. We will stand firm. We will stand firm. We will see the way you see. We will walk the way you walk no matter what's going on around us. No matter how, how close the person is to us, oh Lord God, that is going wayward in the mighty name of Jesus. We will stand firm. We will walk out this salvation with fear and trembling, oh Lord God. With revelation of who you are, oh Lord God. I thank you for today. I thank you for this divine reset in our minds, for allowing us to remember, for giving us grace, God, again, to be reset and remember who you are, to walk in all your ways, to come up higher, oh Lord God. I pray for those hearts that have been convicted today by your truth, oh Lord God. I pray for breakthrough in it, Lord God. I pray that condemnation would not win, but conviction would win, oh Lord God, and there would be surrender to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for my shoulder, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing in bodies today, Lord Jesus. We praise you and we worship you. We praise you and we worship you. We 
praise you and we worship you. 